Welcome to Behind the Curtain, where we discuss everything from aliens and conspiracies to ancient civilizations and religions, all from a biblical perspective. All right, Josh, you ready to talk about more? Let's talk about <laughs> the book of Enoch. More extra biblical stuff today? <laughs> all right. Josh and I had a talk before this so episode. So this is what, Nephilim part three? <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's like our third third or fourth third, episode talking third, about Genesis 6. I don't know. It doesn't matter. So, it's extra-biblical. Um, it's yeah, extra-biblical. It doesn't matter. If you're jumping in, maybe you uh, need a recap, or maybe you're just now jumping in. If this is the first episode you're listening to, please go back and listen to some of the other ones. Back it all up. Because we've been working hard to build context for this. And so yep. um, maybe you found us. Uh, I thought about this, that like there may be people like like we were that are interested in the book of Enoch and Jewish traditions and stuff. So that may end up drawing people to this. And, yeah. and so we want anyone that might be jumping in on this episode to learn about Enoch. Uh, please go back and listen to our episodes about Genesis three and about Genesis six to get the context um, so that you know what's going on in my head and Josh's head mm-hmm. when we're studying the Bible. And we're trying to draw out some of those weird uh, older traditions that get lost in the modern day church. So um and we're going in a weird direction. Yeah. So as the the beginning intro talks about, you know, ancient aliens and conspiracies. Uh, not to be confused with the ancient not aliens. Not the ancient aliens, <laughs> the but series. ancient, yeah, ancient, uh, <laughs> ancient ideas uh, and then also aliens. Yeah, like as Christians, what can we think about these things? I mean. Yeah, and we've been working to lay the groundwork, biblical groundwork first, and then we'll, we'll speculate yeah. from there. Yeah, the Bible gives people a lot more freedom to speculate on these things than they think. Yes, it does. I've heard of people either abandoning Christianity or rejecting Christianity because they said, well, um, what if they're extraterrestrials? What if they're aliens? Right. And, and the Bible doesn't, you know, they think that, like, it's exclusive to that. And right. We want to show that it might not be. Right. But not, it, it may come up today, but we'll definitely have episodes about yeah, that well, in the future. Yeah, well, I think every nightmare of every pastor is, you know, an alien spaceship lands on Earth, and it's like, oh, great. Yeah. Now what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's not These that These are your gods. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like no, it's, there's, think there's about ways like, around uh, it. <laughs> it's not going to destroy your faith. Who's the guy? Like Zod or oh, Loki. Like, it's a theme in all these comic book movies that like some alien shows up and is like humans want to be ruled by us you know (laughs) yeah yeah. oh man um hey dude it it could happen hey you never know there are people there are people that maybe we should get them on the show that think that like part of the end times the way that it's going to play out and the whether you believe in the seven-year tribulation or or you know, the three-year great tribulation, the whatever, whatever end-time view you yeah. hold. Yeah. There's a lot of people that work in um, visitors from other planets to into, like, the biblical end times. And yeah. it's it gets very – it's entertaining at least, but some of it sounds like it could be true. Some know? of it, yeah, it makes a lot of sense when certain people that are intelligent and have a biblical foundation yeah. speak on those things. Shout out Timothy Alvarito. Come on our podcast, please. Every, every single but, episode yeah, you say that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to just keep saying his name until he listens and somebody shares it with him. And then he'll come on our show and yeah. I'll geek out. Yeah. 
Um, that'd be cool, man. I feel like we're kind of small potatoes, but you know, he might be, he might be down. Maybe he likes potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you guys that are familiar with the podcast know that we like to start out by kind of recapping previous topics. No. Um, I don't have any, well, I do. I have like some trivia things that are going to come up today. Trivia. Do, do, do. Ryan's recap. Who's the shortest man in the Bible? Nehi Maya. Uh, <laughs> where's my sound? Where's my soundboard? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I gotta move on because I have so many jokes like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, growing up no, in a Christian let's, school. Let's don't start. Yeah. Let's keep moving. We'll have to have a whole episode about like uh, things Christians say. Oh, like geez. do some jokes and some. That would be fun, man. I have to dig into my my past childhood. Being raised of a, as opposed to your passive, present childhood, where you kid. think yeah. aliens and <laughs> aliens and giants are real. You, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh dude, okay. So um, the only thing that I'll mention, I guess I, this will kind of segue into uh, into today's topic. So okay, down to business now. No more, no more funny no stuff. No more joking. I don't know. It'll happen inevitably. It'll still happen. But, uh, yeah, if you're joining us maybe for the first time or you've listened to the past few episodes, um, what we're doing today, the context for today's episode, is we're continuing our discussion on the Book of Enoch. Um, We do not believe that it belongs in the canon Bible. We don't believe it's inspired. There's reasons for that. We kind of explained that in the last episode. But, you know, essentially as a Christian, Enoch doesn't do a lot for us as, like, pointing to a Savior and a Messiah. Like... I, there's, I've heard, well, Heiser actually recently discussed like this the, on a podcast. Not like the New Testament does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, the, there is a, you could say that Enoch or that. It's a foreshadowing. Yeah, there's of, like a, uh, that he is a messianic type. Right. Um, and it does have like judgment, like him coming with the armies of heaven and judging the earth right, and all right, that. Right. But Heiser points out that like, there's no, like, this, the whole, um, like savior, like redeemer, suffering servant, like those those motifs are not in right. in Enoch. So it doesn't give us the Messiah that we're that we see in the Bible. Right. It's you know? I mean it's coming it's coming in between the testaments. So there's no New Testament yet. And it's written by Jews for and they're Jews. They're written by Jews and they're they're yeah. writing from that perspective. So obviously they don't have a, a Jesus right, figure right, right. yet, you know. And in and in historic like let's look at historically at that period in time what people thought the Messiah was gonna be, mm-hmm. uh, they these ideas that we link today about that the Messiah had to die. And be, you know, like raised from the dead and that he was going to suffer and that he was going to be the son of God. And Even like aspects of like casting out demons and stuff. Yeah. Like they did so not these, have that. Yeah. These ideas, they're easy for us in hindsight. Like right. we read the New Testament and it goes like, like, okay, so there's a, there's a passage in the book of Acts where Paul or Peter, um, and, I guess and Ryan, Peter. what do, why do you think that it, they were not kept totally in the dark, but why do you think it was so... Uh, behind the curtain because, and this is just my take on it is if, if God was to give that information, then the powers of darkness would know as well. See, that's what I was coming to. That because of that scripture in the new Testament, thought yes. that if they would have known what was going if on, the rulers had known, I've wondered about that. If it means human rulers, exclusively human rulers, yeah. 
that it says that if they had known what God's intention was, they would not have crucified Jesus. Well, right. why would he, what are human kings? I guess, I guess you could say that maybe they thought that they were going to lose their power or their authority or whatever. But Paul is including the idea of spiritual rulers. Oh, yeah. That if the powers of darkness had realized what Jesus was doing and who he was, they would not have killed him. Well, I think, I think, this is my opinion, is that Paul understood that spirits and demons and those type beings uh, ruled through you know, a human proxy of kings and rulers and yeah, they definitely and all this stuff. they definitely did. The king was right. an extension, especially or a when, reincarnation, especially an incarnation when of God. Uh, when the Satan brings Jesus, you know, in the wilderness, he he comes to Jesus. He's like, "Hey, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the earth. They have been given to me, yeah, and I will give them to you. Who's yeah. given? Who's given the devil these kingdoms? Yeah." People are. People are. People that are given that authority, and then they're yep. giving it over to the... Yeah, man, that stuff yep. is awesome. And uh, it's still happening today, everyone. <laughs> but uh, but in the book of Acts, uh, I was saying that all these ideas that we link with the Messiah in the modern day, in the book of Acts, for instance, it makes a point to say that Paul and Peter and these guys had to teach people why the Messiah had to suffer. Mm-hmm. Because, like, they thought, oh, you're going to restore the kingdom. You're going to defeat Rome. Yeah, Israel's yeah. going to be... Yeah, they had this whole they, warring conquest. Yeah, like, this deliverer, this king, this... They had this idea of power and dominion Boy, and were they disappointed. <laughs> yeah, and then Jesus comes and says, they're going to... Like, I have to die now, right. you know? And Peter said, don't... Like, think... Everybody picks on Peter for that whole, you know, get behind me, Dude, Satan he was thing. probably so confused. Yeah, because they didn't... They did not have the concept of, like... No, like, Peter had just... A couple hours before said, you're the Messiah, the son yeah. of the living God. And he's thinking he's the one that's going to deliver us from, from, from Rome and from the evil yeah, powers. They go up on us. the mountain. They see the transfiguration. Their minds are blown. They're like, oh, he's definitely yeah, he the Messiah. Is the dude. Jesus comes back down the mountain and says, the son of man ha- is going to have to die. Like, the, I'm going to be, Jeez. I'm going to die, uh, you know. What a freaking moment, huh? And so when Peter says, uh, don't say such things... And, you know, like, you have to understand, Peter, you know, we, we pick on Peter for that. Like, oh, how, how immature of you. Yeah, he's like, like, it's not going to happen, They Jesus. did not have that idea in their heads of the Messiah. Right. The idea of the Messiah suffering and dying mm. doesn't fit their narrative right. of a deliverer. And so it's easy for us to get all these ideas linked together in hindsight because we're being taught by them right. that witnessed it. But, you know, if you lived then, you, that, that was not the plan. And so there's several times in the Bible where it mentions that Peter and Paul and these guys, they continued instructing people or using Old Testament passages to point out why the Messiah had to die, why the Messiah had to suffer. How do you think the spirit realm reacted to when when Jesus said that? I I, I bet they were like, oh, snap. Wait, what? Well, you know, (laughs) I I do think that a lot of it is uh, Jesus, Jesus as a man, he... Because, okay, the whole scene about him being tempted or that the devil tempting him, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. and offering him things. Hey, if you do this, I'll do this for you. Mm-hmm. First of all, it mirrors what we see in Genesis 3 and Genesis 6, that the humans were offered knowledge and offered power mm-hmm. if they obeyed these spirit beings instead of Yahweh. Yep. And so, um, and then that, that gets into, keep in mind too, because it's probably going to come up today. But the idea we talked about the word Nashah that Eve said, I was tricked, yeah. but it, it also implies like I was, 
he became a creditor to me. I was in debt to him. Yeah, became and so a slave. Think about uh, at, after that point that um, the devil, Satan, essentially became uh, the ruler of the 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 realm of the dead, right? Mm-hmm. And so the dead, like dead humans, essentially belong to his territory, right? right? right. So that idea when, when, you know, they said, we know we're going to die because we ate from the tree. Eve says like, well, what, what, what's going to happen to us? Like he tricked me. We belong to him now. Right. Right. So there's that whole word, like the word deceive, there's a little bit of extra um, nuance and depth to that because they actually believe that like, well, we were in God's presence and now, now we're stuck with this guy. Now we belong to him. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and it's that whole idea of like building their own kingdom. So mm-hmm. like the devil wanted to build his own kingdom. So he deceived Adam and Eve. The watchers wanted to build their own kingdom. So they take human wives and have Nephilim children. And, and then the construction of Babylon. Yeah. So they're trying to trade knowledge for power, right? Oh, what yeah. did Schoolhouse Rock tell us? Ooh. Knowledge is power. I'm just a bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But think about that. We're all told knowledge is power. Yeah. Well, that's, that is the, that's the story that's, that's playing out right? here. That the that the these watchers and these angels that defect from the kingdom of God are telling humans like, hey, uh, you know, God's holding back. We can we can make you better. Let's make it. But deal. you need to give us something. Yep. Um, so anyway, uh, well, that's a roundabout way to get into like our our kind of recap. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's we got our little sermon put in the front there rather than in the in the back. <laughs> in the- um, <laughs> Just come up front with it. Um, but yeah, oh, what I was saying about the, the let me, okay, part two of the sermon, because I didn't finish my, my point with that. Preach it. When Jesus, was, when Jesus was having this interaction with the devil, and he was saying, if you do this, I'll give you this, you know, um, and they did it three times. Well, uh, what I've heard, I believe it was Heiser, I feel like Alberino and some other guys say this, that um, the devil was trying to figure out if he could kill Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, think about if you cast yourself off of this building, it says yeah. he'll send angels, you know, and yeah. he says, well, the, the word also says not to tempt God, not to right. test That's God. That's right. shot back with. And yeah. so, um, so the devil was trying to figure out, like, can, can I kill him, mm-hmm. basically? And, uh, and so then Jesus' ministry goes on, and I think that humans and spirits began to realize this is not a normal dude. He's not falling for any of the normal tricks. He's over here um, walking in authority. He's casting out evil spirits. He's healing the sick. He is representing the complete divine man. He, he reminds us of Adam, right? I there was a constant spiritual crapping in their pants yeah, every probably. day when Jesus They're was like, around, oh, man. some human has finally figured out something that other humans have not. Mm-mm-mm. So they, the only thing they can do is kill him. And then by killing him, you know, he pulls this whole Obi-Wan thing where he's like, if you strike me down, yes, I will become, become more powerful <laughs> than you can imagine. But, uh, uh, yeah, we'll do an episode later about Messiah figures in, uh, Ooh, in, Star in Wars. literature and, and in Star film. Wars. Yeah, in Star, in, Wars. in Star Wars specifically. <laughs> I mean, Lord of the Rings has it. Narnia, yeah, well, yeah. Narnia and Lord of the Rings are low-hanging All of our fruit, stories but, uh, and myths and legends. Yeah, all of, they're all yeah. about heroes, the yep. hero's journey. But, uh, but yeah, so that's why Paul says, well, if they had known, they would not have killed him. Yeah. It's talking, he, Paul is thinking spiritual rulers. Yeah. And then by proxy, like you said, Josh, yep. uh, by through, proxy, through human, human rulers. rulers yep. So yeah, the, the spiritual world thinks we have to kill him. And, and then, I think it all ties back to that whole idea. This is like, a, this goes off into like conspiracy realm too, but it connects biblically is that whole idea of like, you know, the people that are in power, the Illuminati, you know, and all that conspiracy yeah. terminology can, if you look at it a certain way, Dr. Sanger talks about this, 
can connect back to the Nephilim. Yeah, their desire for dominion. Yeah, and and, and the, destroying the watchers wanting to rule humans. the world through proxy yeah. of their offspring. And so they teach humanity, look, these are the offspring of the gods, the offspring that we've made with you. Like, worship them. They're your gods yep. now. Sacrifice to them. That's where human sacrifice comes from. Yeah. And so uh, so then, now, now this is going to connect us back to Enoch, because when they killed Jesus, right, mm-hmm. we, our tradition, our beliefs tell us that he descended. Mm-hmm. And then he, he us, Into the he lower ascended. parts of the earth. Into the lower parts of the earth. Into the pit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so. Now the Apostles' Creed says descended into hell. Yeah. So what we should do, <clears throat> let's talk about some of these terms real mm-hmm. quick, because we talked, we mentioned, you know, the abyss, Tartarus, mm-hmm. hell, Hades, Hades. <laughs> there's all these words that get tossed around depending on what language and what version of the Bible and, you know, whatever. So, yep. so let's draw some, some boundaries. Let's define the terms, right? Some, some underworld terminology. Um, so Sheol, that was Sheol, another one. Yeah. So that's kind of the one that we should start with. Yeah. Sheol yeah. is the Hebrew word. The grave. It's the Old Testament. Yeah. And it's 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 distinct from the grave in that the grave is where the body rests and Sheol is where the spirit rests. Mm-hmm. So Josh, is Sheol good or bad? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a trick question. It's kind of a trick question. Yeah. Um they had a remember yeah, we it, was about, not, it was not the ultimate place the yeah. final end place yeah um we mentioned like cosmology and stuff in previous episodes mm-hmm. uh i guess this would be cosmology but their view of the universe mm-hmm. was that there was like a three-tiered right universe right you had yeah. the heavens god reigned in the heavens you had the earth yeah. and you had under the earth the underworld yeah. and so when people died they went into the earth right so Sheol is, um, it really depends on the context that you use it in. It's like neutral because everybody goes there, but then there is like the deepest parts of Sheol where mm-hmm. like that's the bad place, right? Yeah. And then and then there's, you know, Sheol is also uh, like the parable that Jesus told about Lazarus and it says Abraham's bosom, right? Yeah. Be- and think about like... Uh, it, when it talks about like Jacob or Joseph or any of the people in the Old Testament, when they died, it said they joined their fathers. Mm. Well, they're they're going to Sheol because that's where dead people are, like a holding place. But they, but the idea was that um, people who were worthy or honorable or righteous joined their fathers in the afterlife. So there mm. was there was kind of a good part, a good place, yeah. <laughs> right, if you will. Everybody's going to think of the show yeah, now. So when the you TV think of Sheol, yeah. <laughs> the good so place. The, uh, it was just where the dead person would go. Yeah. That was like the, like the, the intermediate place where they yeah. would go. Um, so that's the most basic way. Now, the Greek word, Hades. Um, that's a person. Yeah. Oh, so let me just, I'll just read just as an example. Person, place, okay. thing. Psalms, Psalm 16, 9. This is one that everybody quotes about Jesus, right? And here's why. Psalm 16, 9. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. Verse 10. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. Mm-hmm. And then uh, verse 11 says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. At your right hand, our pleasure forevermore. So that says Sheol. You will not abandon my soul to Sheol. Mm-hmm. So there is this like redemptive, uh, this idea. There's not necessarily the, 
the um, the dualism of like heaven and hell, right. like we it's, think about it's it. It's not the final end all right. place. Right. Um, but then in Acts chapter two, when Peter is given the sermon right at Pentecost, he says, David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, uh, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh will also dwell in hope for you will not abandon my soul to Hades mm. or let your Holy One see corruption. You've made known to me the paths of life and you will make, a fu- uh, make me full of gladness with your presence. So Acts chapter two, he, Peter quotes Psalms 16 and he, since he's, this is written in Greek, they use the word Hades instead of Sheol. Right. So yeah, so Hades is kind of the the more contemporary idea there, the place of the dead. Right. Yeah. And like you said, it's personified. Right. So um Yeah, I mean in Revelation the hell is personified. Yeah. The grave is personified. Yeah. Um they yeah, they follow the rider. Yeah, all the, of these things where we talk about places are actually beings right. that rule over those places, I believe. Yeah, so like Hades was the god. He was the brother of Zeus. Of the underworld. And so he ruled right. the underworld. So the yep. underworld is called Hades. Right. Yeah. Um Yeah, so so anyway they apparently in Revelation they're all horse riders. They're all into uh what do they call that when you're like into horses? Yeah. What's that called? A quest equestrian. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, equestrians. Yeah. <laughs> No, uh, <laughs> they all no have, that's like, not elaborate the, that might not be the word you're talking about, but yeah, that's anyway. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Sheol, so the grave, the grave would be like what a if physical they're all place. Bo- sorry, one more joke. What if they're all bow-legged <laughs> oh. <laughs> from like so much horse riding? Yeah. Doop, 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 Here doop. comes hail. <laughs> he's got a hell of a bow leg. <laughs> oh man. And now, well now you use that voice. I'm thinking of like, he's wearing like, uh, he's got like leather spurs on his boots and, spurs, and chaps. Yeah. yeah. Come on down to my place. It's hot. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Don't you dare cut all that out. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> I won't. I'll use my uh, uh, my auto Josh yeah, dubber auto to, Josh, yeah. to fix it. I agree, Ryan. Yes, Ryan. <laughs> Let's proceed with your outline, Ryan. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Josh pointed out in the last episode, though, that Second Peter uses the mm. word Tartarus. Yeah. For and it talks about the spirit beings, the angels. It says that they are in Tartarus, in mm-hmm. chains and under gloomy darkness. Mm. Doesn't sound like a nice place, does it? Yeah. So Tartarus, uh, uh, I've got a lot written here cool. uh, about. <laughs> really, it's just biblical passages because I want I want people to have some context for it. If right. you want to study this stuff, there's there's tons of material you can look at in your right. Own time. And I think it's so good. Thank you, Ryan, for doing that because we. We know, me and you, what we're talking about. We're yeah. throwing around these terms and stuff, but people listening are like, where are they getting it's, all this it's stuff It's going to be important. You know? It's going to be important. It's very there's, biblically based. And I'll, I'll say even uh, there, there's a couple of terms here that I left out that, we're gonna, that are going to come up when we get it back into Enoch. But um, you remember last, I think it was last week, we talked about um, the deep. So remember uh, Marduk, the Babylonian god, banished yep. the Apkalu to the Abzu. The Abzu, yeah. That's the abyss, the deep. And then, like in Genesis, when it says darkness was over the deep, it uses the word Tahone, mm. and that is a polemic against Tiamat, the chaos goddess. Chaos dragon. So Tahone is the deep. 
Um, so there's this idea of the abyss. Remember the story about Jesus casting legion out of the, the madman? Yeah, they say, don't cast us into the abyss. Into the abyss. Let yeah. us go in that bacon, that yeah. moving bacon right there. So, um, so the abyss, like there's the context there that that is a place of torment. That is a place of judgment or punishment. Right. So yeah, those, the spirits, when they said, uh, are, you know, the name was legion for many demons had entered him. And it says they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss mm-hmm. because they, and then, and then in, um, in the other gospels, you know, it talks about the madman again, they say, have you come to judge us before the appointed time? Yeah, so like, our time, so yeah. there's the idea that like, that is the place of judgment. That's where the spirits are going. Mm. Right. Um, and then and uh, I will say that there's a science, there's a science fiction movie called the abyss. That's really good. Oh, it's about aliens that are underwater that live down in the ocean, bro. <laughs> great, great movie, classic. I bet this is the kind. Oh man, <laughs> did I just derail your whole? I'm talk? just gonna throw out there that when when people, I will, I hope that we inspire people that listen to this podcast that when you watch stuff like that, like sci-fi movies, you know how when you watch hit like history or drama movies and they're like based on a true story, yeah, or yeah based yeah. on real events, right? Yeah. Whatever. When you watch science science fiction movies, yeah, you should think this is based on a real event. Right, yeah. That I, I'm from studying this stuff, there's so many things that I'm like, I saw that in Star Trek and that's actually real. You yeah, know? Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well that's where we got yeah. cell phone technology, isn't it? From Star Trek? Yeah. Or, yeah, Gene Roddenberry, he was a genius, man. Come on, bro. But uh but this that idea of aliens in the in the deep water. Water, yeah. The Apkalu uh, in these and the Anunnaki, well, I guess the Anunnaki, but the Apkalu for sure, and a lot of these other gods from other religions back in the Babylonian and you know all those times, mm-hmm. they're illustrated as half fish. Yeah, yeah. So let that blow and, your mind. Yeah, I mean that's where we get the idea of Poseidon and. Um, yeah, dude, I had a lot of thoughts on that. Maybe we'll squeeze that in Neptune, later. Neptune, they ruled under the waters of the oceans yeah, and stuff. Bro. A lot of deities are are portrayed as part fish or part bird. Mermen and and yeah. And sirens and, you know, the whole mythology of mermaids yeah. and all that. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's this, there is something there. There's something in these, right. in these religions, in this, like all over history, this belief that like deep water, uh, there being spirits or beings associated with the deep. And it, and then the idea of like hidden knowledge, hidden wisdom, they're from somewhere we can't reach. So they right. know things right. we can't know. Right. And, oh man, it's, it, you could. You can dig into that for for forever. You yeah, know? go check out that movie, The Abyss. It's got Ed Harris in it. I think it's like nineteen eighty five, something like that. That 80, sounds 86. awesome. Eighty six. Oh, it's great. Um, so yeah, so The Abyss, Tartarus, um, Tartar sauce. Then there's Gehenna, mm-hmm. uh, which is the word that Jesus uses a lot. It gets translated hell. Hell, yeah. So this is where we get the word, the idea of hell with fire and right. torment. Yeah, I was about to say that's where the whole the fire worm. idea of like hell comes into play. Yeah. So Gehenna. The, it's it's Hebrew. It's gay, which is um, uh, and Hinnom, a I valley. Think. Yeah, valley. Of... It's it's the valley of Hinnom, um, or gay Ben Hinnom, which is the valley of the son of Hinnom. And so and that's um, from where Chronicles. Yeah, Second Chronicles. There's a story about Ahaz, uh, and it just I'm just going to read one scripture to give you the context. But it says that he made offerings in the valley of the son of Hinnom, mm-hmm. and burned his sons as an offering according mm. to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord drove out before the people of Israel. And so, um, so is that where the fire motif goes in? The with idea it? of you know like. In the Levitical law, it, or in Exodus and stuff, it says, "Don't, um, don't uh, have your kids pass through the fire, pass through uh, the fire to Molech. Molech." Yeah, 
yeah, that's what they're doing here. This is child sacrifice. Mm. And so there is, there's this valley, Gehenna, that is associated with this, just uh, the worst evil you can imagine. They would sacrifice humans and mostly children Babies, yeah, to, to these gods. And so when you see in the Bible, like in the Gospels and in the book of Revelation, it talks about the lake of fire mm-hmm. and it talks about uh, being cast down into the pit and being tortured with eternal flames and things like that. That's, that's why Jesus is using this word. They, they associated that with wickedness and evil and right. torment. It would have been the worst thing that you could possibly imagine yeah. where innocent children were being burned yeah. alive. So, so that's where we get the, now in English, uh, that's like the Latin. But Ryan, word. my pastor said that Gehenna was a trash dump and that they would burn trash in the Dude, Valley of I've Gehenna. I've heard that before. I recently... And that's where... Heiser. It was Heiser. Uh. <laughs> but he, he had a guy on his podcast recently and they were talking about how there's really no like, there's really no historical evidence for that. That's kind <gasps> of a... So there's a you lot of... You saying my pastor was wrong? Ryan? I'm saying <laughs> it could be true, but... It wasn't a flaming dump pile? There's a lot of things that um, uh, if you repeat something enough times, it oh, becomes yeah. true. Oh, yeah. It becomes true. Yeah, with, so there yeah. are stories like that and the, about like Gehenna being it's a trash dump that was burning. Over over it was over. perpetually burning trash or whatever. Yeah, it was forever lasting um, flames. Uh, I couldn't find any evidence for that. I'm not saying it's not true, but I'm, yeah, again, I'm be. saying like there are things that you just you hear enough people say it and you kind of assume right. the camel going through the eye of the needle. Oh, th- Lord. Yeah, that's another heard one. That one a ton. That's another one. Yeah. It, you know, it, the camel would get down and shimmy through the gate. And yeah. All this stuff. Yeah. Like, what in not, the world are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just going to burst everybody's bubble. That's not a thing. Uh, he's talking about a needle. Yeah, <laughs> he's talking he's, about the eye. It was of a needle. joke. Yeah, <laughs> it was an extreme exaggeration yeah. of a point. Yeah. So uh, okay, yeah. moving on. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so so you see how different the idea of Sheol and Hades is just the resting place for for the dead, mm-hmm. right? And again, uh, in context, Sheol and Hades could be good, bad, or neutral. <laughs> right. um, good, bad, or ugly, mm-hmm. but. But yeah, Sheol is not necessarily evil, not necessarily bad. It is where all dead people go. Mm-hmm. And, um, but Tartarus, hell, the abyss, Gehenna, these are the strong words. These mm. are judgment words. Yeah. This is the eschatological place, hell, right, where people will go. And, and, and again, it's the same terminology, I think, when Jesus tells the thief on the cross, Today you'll be with me in paradise. Yes. That, that idea of paradise, yeah. Abraham's Paradiso. bosom. Like there was this good place of the dead and there was a bad place of the dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so to highlight this idea even further, um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about heaven. That's a whole episode on its own, talking about the kingdom. What is the place heaven where God reigns? What is the place heaven where people go? What is the kingdom of heaven? We can cover that in the future. But I will just read from Matthew 25 real quick. And it talks about the parable of the, the sheep and the goats. This is right after Jesus is given the whole, in the last days, you're going to see this, this, and this happen. Mm-hmm. He says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he's going to gather all the nations and separate people one from another, the way that a, a shepherd separates sheep and goats, and he'll place the sheep on his right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Mm. And so that's, that is, we link our modern idea of heaven to that, right? The kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Right. That also implies that idea of like Adam, you remember we were talking about the gospel, not just being, making me a better person, like 
you know, right. God's going to forgive right. my sin and I'm going to be a better human. Like yeah. the it's the idea gospel. of restoring humanity. Yeah. So this is a kingdom that God prepared for us. Well, restoring humanity ago. is a part of it. Restoring yeah. all of creation is yeah. really the goal. But the idea but that yeah. this kingdom was prepared from the foundation of the world, mm. you know, this kingdom has all always existed, right? Yeah, Eden. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but then when he talks to the people on the on the left, the quote unquote goats, Mm-mm. he says, "Depart from me, you and cursed." Goat, goat here doesn't mean greatest of all time. Does yeah, it? <laughs> <laughs> it does not. Uh, yeah, it says, uh, "Go depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels." Come on. So you see the the juxtaposition the there, contrast. the contrast. Yeah. Um, the kingdom was prepared for humans since the beginning of the, the world, mm-hmm. but the eternal fire uh, is prepared for the it's devil not, and his not angels. Not for humanity. Yeah. yeah. But he's saying people are going to end up there. Oh, yeah. They're going to go and in with, yeah. This they want to jump on that on This that is that whole, the whole idea of, you know, you're a son of your father, the devil, because, mm-hmm. and, you know, like he's been lying since the beginning. and. So, like, you know, we talked about this when we talked about Cain. Like, Cain wasn't genetically the devil's son. Mm-hmm. He, did wi- he did evil. So he was the son of evil. He was the devil's son, right? Yeah. This is Gehenna, okay? Yep. So it's not prepared for humans, right. but humans are going to go there when they act like the devil. Mm. That's, that's the idea, okay? And it's ironic, too, that he's talking here to Jews. Like, he's going to have his disciples and Pharisees and his followers. Like, there's going to be a mixed crowd here, and he's lumping them all in. He says that if any of you are found out to be goats, I mean, he, he at one point in the Gospels, tells the Pharisees that, that because they lead people astray, they're going to be tossed into Gehenna. Yeah. You know, the Pharisees, the religious leaders. So, um, yeah, when people act like the devil, they go where the devil goes. Yeah. That's the idea. Well, yeah, if you, if you join that team and that team is on the bus going to hell and you want to you wanna play football with that team, you yeah. have to ride the bus with them. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. So these terms are important because uh, when we talk about the judgment of the watchers, this is where Jude gets the idea of chains of gloomy darkness. Peter says the same thing mm-hmm. in his epistles. That concept, that... This is what the ancient world thinks about the afterlife. Yep. There's heaven at the top. There's earth in the middle. There's Sheol or the the realm of the dead. There's, or literally under the earth. Under right? the earth, yeah. Underworld. Um, so again, when we did Genesis three, we said that the serpent was cast down to Eretz, which is earth. Earth. But yeah. it can mean under the earth. Right. And Adam, he was told, "You were taken from the earth, and you will return to earth." And yeah. that's the grave. So that's the middle layer, the like the earth, and then the devil was sent to the under, like under the earth, yeah. right? Yeah, so there's like dirt, and then there's more dirt, and then the underneath think, dirt, and then there's <laughs> under the dirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's why a lot of times that get the word gets used. Like they'll say like the deepest sheol or the pit or you well, know, it's the something same like idea that. going up too. Is like the sky is heaven, the space and uh, yeah. outside of the earth is heaven, and then there's deep heaven or third heaven, third heaven where God above is above the heavens. Right. I think it's also interesting uh, when we talk about Genesis 11 and the nations and stuff, Deuteronomy 32, and it says the nations are divided up according to the number of sons of God. Mm -hmm. So we see how there's territory on earth that was divided up. Mm -hmm. Well, it's almost like you can see the underworld as the devil's territory. Mm -hmm. Like he was cast down to the underworld. Yeah. And that's, that's his domain. Right. And in, in the end, um, because Jesus died and resurrected, but he, it talks about him taking the keys of death and Hades, right? Right. 
And so he is recovering the righteous from the realm of the dead. Right. That's, that's what happens at the end of the world, you know? Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, Revelation has a lot to say about the lake of fire and the abyss. Actually, the abyss is where the locusts come from. He says Ooh. that an angel, an angel came down and what with do the you key mean to the by abyss. Locusts, Ryan. Yeah, the locust in Revelation, a lot of people link that to the watchers because it says that they're in chains of gloomy darkness awaiting the day of judgment. Yeah. And so the idea is that this is the time when God is going to judge the earth. So he releases them from the abyss and then just wipes them out. Yeah. The beast from the sea. That's the abyss. The beast. Um, when it talks about the two witnesses in Revelation. Like X-Men? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The beast man. You know what's funny? That? In the live action, that's voiced by um, Kelsey Grammer. The beast is Kelsey yeah, Grammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Dude, cracks me up, bro. Frasier is one of the greatest <laughs> shows ever made. And I know I, I, sound, like, I sound like an old fuddy-duddy <laughs> saying that. Because growing up, I never watched Frasier because it was like, you know, for, for older people. Yeah. But man, I watched it a couple years ago. It's Dude, a great. It's a gem, man. Great it's show. Good. I would uh, say it's better than Seinfeld. Okay. <laughs> I like them both, so That's I'm not going to argue guess, with you. Yeah. I think I watch I Seinfeld Frasier. more. But, uh... Hello, Seattle. I'm listening. <laughs> Go watch Frasier. Dude, anyway, uh, yeah, the beast. <laughs> yeah, so the beast. Well, so the number 666. When it, in Revelation, uh, I believe it's Revelation 11, when it talks about the two witnesses, it says that the the beast from the pit wars against the witnesses and kills them, right? Mm -hmm. And then in 13, it talks about the beast out of the sea. So the pit and the, the, the beast out of the, the sea, abyss. that's the abyss. Yep. That's, what they're, that's this idea. I mm. um, wonder where that pit is. Yeah. Where's Mariana's that? trench. Where, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, you never know. Did you ever? Did you ever hear the uh, the '80s like uh, recording that they had where the people were like drilling down into the trying to like like it was like the where they longest, said there were screams. And yeah, stuff. they heard like screaming yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. They're drilling down on that hole. All throughout history, the Jews and the Greeks and Weird. everybody they associated the underworld with the physical earth. Well, what's in so, the what's in the core of the earth supposedly? Mm. Cotton candy. <laughs> <laughs> you wish. Molten. Iron. A lake of fire. It really, it literally Liquid is a lake fire, of fire, bro. That's what it is. Yeah, man. Lava. If you think of lava, that's a lake of fire. It is. It is. Man, yeah. So I mean, there's. There you go. Th there's, there's your red pill for, for the that. day. <laughs> but I, it, I mean, it makes sense. Like yeah. the whole idea of being under the earth, or like I said, the serpent being cast down to the earth. He didn't get. Uh, you know, like he didn't get thrown in a portal or shot into space or whatever. Like they were on the earth when this <laughs> right. happened, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so maybe they're still here. So it does say that, you know, he'll put the devil under our feet. He's under our feet. <laughs> yeah. He's down mm. in the center of the earth, bro. That's where he is. Dude. No, we don't know for sure, but it's That's interesting, interesting ideas stuff. and terminologies. Yeah. It's deep The whole topic. lake of fire thing. I thought about that when it hit me one day. I was like, wait a minute. Lava is basically liquid fire. It's a lake, a lake of fire. Of fire. Uh, so, yeah, the abyss. Okay, so the Watchers are in Tartarus. Now are, that we Are all the Watchers in Tartarus? I think all the Watchers are, but so not, all of the, not all of the evil spirits. Not all the Nephilim. Are. It's a whole other tangent. But I think that, that that's an important thing that we need to know. And I think we mentioned this in passing last episode, but the whole idea of demons, the New Testament demons... Like we're never told where they're from or the Old Testament never speaks of demons in that sense of the unclean spirits of the New Testament that Jesus is casting out. 
that the these are the Enoch elaborates on that and says that they're the spirits of the Nephilim. Yeah. And that they're roaming around the earth and they're unclean because they're the mixed breed yeah. spirit of the watchers and people. Yeah, so there's a fun story in, in the book of Enoch at the end of it that um, Lamech, the father of Noah, mm-hmm. when Noah was born, the story goes that he had bright red hair, mm-hmm. pale white skin, and like glowed basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they thought he was a giant. Yeah. And so Lamech, him out. Lamech prays like, oh man, I think that my son is from the Nephilim. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we going to do? And... Uh, Methuselah, uh, you know, Enoch, Enoch's son is Methuselah, and then mm-hmm. Methuselah's son is Lamech, and Lamech's son is Noah. So he tells his dad, Methuselah, Methuselah goes to Enoch, who is like in heaven at this point, yeah. and asks, hey, says, hey, Lamech thinks that his kid is from the Watchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we do? Yeah, he's a Nephilim. And Enoch says, he's not. Uh, he's he's, he's Lamech's son. Like, he's really Lamech's son. Yeah. And uh, somebody, when I was reading that, somebody pointed out that that is kind of a parallel to Joseph's story about Christ. So, like, Lamech thought, my son is basically wicked spawn. Defiled, yeah. Yeah, so, and he says, no, that's, that's your son. It's okay. So maybe and, it was a sign in the way that, hey, here's, yeah. ooh, another <clears throat> Star Wars reference. He's a new hope. He's a new hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lamech was like, okay, good, that's my son. But Joseph got told by an angel that's not your son, right? Yeah, that's really. God's son. Yeah, that's so it's kind son. of kind of flipped. Don't uh, worry, Mary didn't uh, cheat on you. Yeah, so I thought that was an interesting <laughs> parallel. Um, that's like at the end of Book of Enoch, like chapter one hundred and five or something. Okay, so uh, one more thing before we start recapping Enoch, we discussed last time. Did Enoch and Elijah die? Mm. Right, and. Uh, and so we, we kind of presented the case that, like, maybe they did die, but God took them, like, away from wickedness. It transported them to somewhere else on the earth. Mm-hmm. So the Jews did hold that Enoch did not die. And Hebrews 11, verse 5 says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and he was not found because God translated him. And before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So that's, par- that's saying what Genesis uh, 5 says, that he yeah, walked, walked with the Lord. With God, yeah. So anyway, so the question is like, is the author of Hebrews, because we don't know who wrote it. Don't know. Is the author of Hebrews talking about the real historical Enoch, or is he talking about the tradition of Enoch mm. from the book of Enoch, right? Yeah. So it's, you know, Enoch, he may or may not have died, but the story that we get is that he did not. Right. You know, now the John chapter three passage about no one has ascended into heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, it's again, appointed you, everyone to die. Yeah, you can, and then judgment. You can definitely use that to say, well, the real life historical Enoch had to have died. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. But um, uh, since we talked about that last time, uh, we mentioned that the Book of Enoch kind of answers that question about where they thought Enoch went. Yeah, and the reason, well, we'll we'll get to it. But let's, uh, you got your Enoch app ready. Let's just recap very quickly the first few chapters because we talked about it last time. Mm-hmm. I got my Jubilees, Jasher, and Enoch app. Oh, Lord. <laughs> it starts, Enoch is, uh, remember, it's apocalyptic. That mm-hmm. means it's a revelation, right. and it deals with the end times, the eschaton. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says that he was a... All right, he where are we a, going? What chapter verse are we going here? Well, I'm just skimming through right now because okay. I wanted to point out, like, chapter one intros the idea. It says that, you know, he ha- he heard all these things and wrote it down, and they're, right, not, right. they're not for this generation but a future generation. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so anyway, chapter two here is Jude's quote, behold, he comes with 10,000s of his saints to execute judgment upon them and destroy the wicked and reprove all the carnal for everything which the sinful and ungodly have done and committed against them. Mm. So we talked about the book of Jude last time that he quotes, remember he says, it's about these false teachers that the prophet Enoch, the seventh from Adam, told us. Yeah, so Heiser recently did a series on the book of Jude, and it was pretty good. And he Mm. pointed out that the same way Revelation is apocalyptic literature and John blends all these Old Testament passages together, he said that, um, you know, scholars note that this passage from Jude, that he comes with 10,000, Jude is quoting the book of Enoch, right? but you, you get that in the Bible. Yeah. And so he lists three passages. Jeremiah 25, 30 is the first one. It says that um, the Lord will roar from on high from his holy habitation. And uh, it says that he, the Lord has an indictment against the nations. He's entering judgment with all flesh put uh and the wicked he will put to the sword declares the lord so like jeremiah 25 has this uh isaiah 66 behold the lord will come in fire and his chariots like a whirlwind to render his anger and fury rebuke uh, with flames for the lord will enter his judgment and by his sword with all the flesh um and those slain by the lord shall be many (laughs) it's hardcore (laughs) Put that, uh, put that verse on your refrigerator. Yeah, yeah. Put that in like, uh, what's it called? The stitching. Like, <laughs> in the put pillow, it on your pillow. Uh, like stitch pillow. Yeah. The Lord comes in judgment and flames of fire. I was really encouraged in my daily readings today. Yeah, it says something about the sword going the, through all flesh. Those and... slain shall be many. <laughs> the blood will rise to the horse's bridle. Oh, man. Praise the Lord. Uh Zechariah 14.5 is the third one. It says, uh, you shall flee to the valley of my mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach to Azal, and you shall flee as you fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, the king of Judah. Then the Lord my God will come, and with him all the holy ones. So, so yeah, so Heiser, when he did his series, uh, this was pretty recently, but he was pointing out that, like, that idea from whoever wrote Enoch, Mm -hmm obviously is familiar with these Old Testament prophets. Sure. And so they do the same thing John does in Revelation. They're saying, I've read this in other places. I'm just going to copy and paste Reiterate this that. idea, yeah, you know. Idea, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. But, yeah. yeah, right there in Enoch, that's that's what Jude's quoting. He comes with 10,000 holy yeah, ones. Yeah, and it's not, he's not alluding to it. Yeah, he, he quotes he's it. quoting it. He yeah, quotes it sure. straight up. He alludes he to it before says, with, right, the, yeah. with the gloomy darkness right, and all that. Right, but, right, Yeah. Um, and then chapter three is my new favorite, <laughs> the new favorite ominous line. All who are in the heavens know what is transacted there. They know that the heavenly luminaries do not change their paths. Each rise and sets regularly, everyone at its proper period without transgressing the commands which they have received. So it goes into like, observe the stars, observe nature, observe all these yeah. things, these things that the Lord, every work of God. Uh, is invariable in the period of its appearance. So this is Enoch chapter 3 and chapter 4 and chapter 5, and he's saying just consider all these things. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and in chapter 6. So then chapter 7 is where the action starts. But again, those patterns and stuff are important because he's saying these are, the, these are the systems, these are the patterns that the Lord, these are the works of the Lord in nature and what he has established. And so the idea was that that these spirits, um, that the Lord rules over all this stuff and he maintains it. Yeah. And that his subjects help him maintain it. But 
we're just a cosmic accident, Ryan. You don't understand that we're just stardust. <laughs> and that all of this just... No, we're earth dust. <laughs> we're all banged together, and it created all these things out of nothing. Yeah. Because that makes sense. Yeah. Hey, people want to believe the most hopeless, Bro, dark stuff, it man. is the most ridiculous. The biblical story for humans is the most exciting thing that you yeah, can... Yeah, it's the most fun. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Fantastical. Um, yeah. Chapter 7 is where the good stuff starts. Here we go. Uh, it happened... After the sons of men had multiplied in those days, that daughters were born to them, elegant and beautiful. (laughs) I've read that somewhere. Yeah. So yeah, this is this is um, this is reiterating Genesis chapter six that when the sun when man began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them, Mm -hmm. the sons of God lusted, you know. Yeah, they did. And they came down, and so anyway, this goes into a lot more detail. This starts naming characters. Their leader Semyaza said to them. I fear that you may perhaps be indisposed. So Josh talked about that last time. Mm-hmm. This word that it uses here, I, I had to look up. I thought it was funny when it says, "You guys are going to chicken out and leave me alone, and I'm going to get yeah." I'm he get was screwed. like, "He was like, you're coming down with me, uh, bro." It says that they all answered him, "We all swear and bind ourselves by mutual execration that we will not change our intention, but execute our projected undertaking." So execration is a curse. They, it's kind of funny how their terminology turns very legal at that yes. point. Yeah, <laughs> like kind of legal sounding. He, they're basically saying like a curse on us if we Bind if we back to out. An oath, yeah. You know? Which the joke is on them because they're cursed That's exactly because they acted happens. out. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. They're execration so, under the earth right now. No, curse us if we back out. No, curse you if you if you don't back out. <laughs> yeah, like that. really. So, uh, but yeah, an execration means a curse. So they bound themselves with a curse that they would not mm. not change their minds. So then they all go down. Uh, the mountain that was called Armon, so that's Mount Hermon, mm-hmm. and uh, I would like to do maybe our next episode about Mount Hermon because yeah. it is really interesting. Yeah, a lot of stuff happened on Hermon. Yeah, uh, this is another thing that I don't think you get unless unless you've got a pastor or someone in your church that's like a real geography nerd. But like geography in the Bible is very important. Very. And so Mount Hermon comes up multiple times in the Bible. And it's important to know the traditional superstitions, you know, the stuff that goes and along with it. there's even parts that Jesus is around Hermon, but you're not told that. Yeah. Unless you know the certain area unless you know where the he's map. standing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Because upon this rock, he will build his church. Super, what rock was he standing on, Ryan? Super duper important. So that'll be the next episode then. We'll talk about that. Yeah, let's do it. Um we can talk about the ski resort that's up on Mount Hermon. Yep. Yep. So I bought I one of those. Skiing, I got dude. one of those Quest 2 virtual reality <clears> headset <throat> things, you know? And I went. It, it's it's pretty cool, man. I went to the summit of Mount Hermon in VR. They have, like, spots, you know, where people really? have taken, like, like 180-degree pictures, you know? Did you see any ghosts? And they string them together. No, but I did, see, I did see the grotto, you know, of Pan or whatever. Oh, cool. And you're able to stand in that area and look up and see the mountain, and it's, it's Dude, pretty cool, man. That's and you awesome. can see the cave, like, d- that descends down or whatever. That, was it scary? That was supposed to be the gate Spooky, to the scary. underworld. and It's pretty trippy, bro. Dude, yeah, man, it's crazy. It's crazy. That yeah. geography is just really important. It is. Yeah. There's a lot of context that the Bible doesn't stop. It doesn't pause unless you're reading like a, a study Bible or something, which I've been against study Bibles Even study for some Bibles reason my whole life. <laughs> yeah. I realize now I'm missing out. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, you see, the rock that he's talking about is the revelation of Jesus being the Son yeah. of God. And, yeah. Oh, it's Peter, the first pope. Oh, that's what it was. That's but, what it was. Yeah, because Peter means rock. <laughs> Petros. Um, you remember the band Petra? I do remember the band Petra. I think they're still around, actually. Is that too yeah. hell? Wait. No, that's Striper. Oh, Striper. Okay. <laughs> Petra is Beyond Belief. Beyond Belief. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. that one. Yeah, good yeah. stuff. Beyond Belief. To hell right. with the devil. You got that right. To exactly. Hades, to the underworld with the devil. An execration if you don't. Uh... <laughs> they need to update that song and like, to Hades with the devil. They should do a version to, for to each. To Gehenna with to the Shell devil. To Sheol with the devil. To Sheol, to Gehenna, to Tartarus. To... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to Tartarus with the devil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it starts naming characters here. Uh, Sam Yaza was their leader. It says mm-hmm. that 200 of them descended on Mount Hermon, and it names a couple of their chiefs, um, a couple of their leaders, an important one being Azazel, mm. uh, because he's an X-Man villain. <laughs> <laughs> he's mentioned actually in the Bible. You know what's funny is uh, Azazel's son in X-Men was Nightcrawler, and he was Catholic. Ooh, and he looked like a, a satyr, kind of. Or he was orthodox or something. But the cartoon that he was in, he worked in a monastery. Oh, so. that's cool. Uh, yeah, so Azazel, or Azazel, or however you want to say it, he's actually mentioned in the Old Testament. Yeah. So that kind of gives some credence to that these things are, are kind of legit, at least Azazel. Yeah, well, he yeah, because the, the guy that's writing this in the first century B.C. is a Jew. Yeah. So he knows all this stuff. Yeah. Like he has the same traditions that everybody true, else has, true. same belief. Yep. So yeah, he's basing it on that. And Azazel was the 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 desert demon the, that yeah, the, in the wilderness. The scapegoat would go out to and die. Yeah, so they would they would kill one goat and the other one was released to Azazel. And yeah. it's cool because uh, I heard this just recently, the the same idea of like releasing the goat that had all the sins put upon it, releasing it out to Azazel or to the devil or Satan or whatever terminology you want to use uh, to get it away from the camp. So it's this imagery of sending sin away yeah. to the domain of the devil. Yeah, it doesn't belong in God's camp. And right? it's the same thing that Paul does in Corinth Yeah, with the guy sleeping with his stepmother either his or mother whatever. or stepmother, yeah. and he doesn't repent. He doesn't want to get rid of that stuff. And so Paul says, send him out to the devil. Yeah, like he does. release him to the devil out away from the community. Yeah, that's where Paul gets this idea. Exactly. That's, all, that's awesome. In that's hopes great... that he would realize, oh, dang, you know, I've well, been kicked out of. It seems like in his next epistle in Second Corinthians, he says he talks about bringing him back. Like, you know. The... Yeah, yeah. I think there's an so, update that some people are like, oh, maybe maybe that was this guy that yeah. was released. And then he's come back. I, kinda, he's kinda... I like to think it was. Yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty cool. What's well, the idea of the prodigal like? Oh dang! I realized that I'm out of the father's house now. I'm in the yeah. sludge of the pig slop, and yeah, yeah. So it says that these two hundred angels took wives, and which they cohabitated, and uh, they taught them sorcery, incan- incantations, the dividing of roots and trees. Mm. The women conceived uh, children that were giants. Yep. So what are some of the things that they taught them? I mean, they taught them yeah, war. They taught them weapons. That's where we lo- left off last time. Jewelry. We, and... we left off at this chapter. It says that they took wives. They had giant kids. They brought forth giants. The giants devoured all, mm-hmm. which the labor of men produced, until it became impossible to feed them. And they turned themselves against men in order to devour them. So they, men couldn't keep them happy, so they turned on the men. They turned on humans. Right, so they had this started devouring humans. insatiable and it says, appetite. Yeah, and it says began to injure 
also began to bur- injure birds, beasts, reptiles, fishes, uh, to eat their flesh one after another and drink their blood. Then the earth reproved the unrighteous. So that yeah, yeah, that's yeah. going to get into the the judgment and stuff. But right. So there's a lot packed in there. Yeah. That we could unpack that connects to, I would say, even things today. Yeah. That are still going on. Um, we could dive into that, or we could wait for another episode on that because that's a big. Uh, that's gonna be. It's gonna end up being a future episode. That's a big Tupperware with a lid that we need to keep on at the moment, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, but we teased at the last episode. We mentioned this. Remember the, this running theme of forbidden knowledge and trying to take dominion and power. So humans, humans trying to get their hands on forbidden knowledge and power. And angels trying to get their hands on dom- having dominion, dominion of the earth, right? yeah, trying definitely. to have their own kingdoms. Right, right. And so chapter 8, this is where we left off, it goes into what the watchers taught mm. humans. And it's very interesting because when you hear these things, you're going to think that all sounds like stuff humans could have figured out on their own. Right. Uh, some of it does. Yeah. Some of it does not. Some right. of it is weird. But right. Some of the sorcery and... Yeah. Things so, that, so yeah. for instance, people will say like uh, metalworking and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't humans eventually have learned how to make tools and they would have like made swords and shields and that kind of thing? Like, that's one of the things that's in here. Maybe. But you have to realize the the motive here. So let's talk about motive. What's the motive of the Watchers and of the Nephilim? Yeah. And it is to destroy humans. Remember, they they are now they represent the chaos and the destruction now, right? Um, they they're trying to have this dominion over humans. I think there's a twofold plan. I think it's destroy all the dissenters and rule over the rest. Yeah. Because they want dominion. They Mm -hmm. want to rule over something. They have to have something to rule over. Uh, I think anyone that would try to come against them, they're going to devour them or destroy them. Yeah. And all the rest will come into compliance or or bow their knee to their Nephilim kings. And and the the thing about weapons is that the idea here is that they are turning men against each other. Sure. So, like, remember Cain, the story of Cain and Abel is the first murder recorded. Mm -hmm. And uh, where Cain, Jewish tradition, uh, Josephus, I think, talks about this, where, like, Cain, instead of basically repenting and trying to uh, come to things in, like, a righteous way, uh, turn to wickedness, like turn to murder, robbery. They even say that Cain came up with like currency and property, the idea of property and trade and stuff like that. Mm. And so he found ways to like cheat people. He got he made himself powerful and abused people and mm. and stuff. And, so and he then was he, the first modern businessman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's it makes the whole idea of like what uh, Laura Sanger says about the Federal Reserve, Bro, like currency being that makes a form of slavery. So much sense. Yeah, think about this, guys. That Jesus said you can't serve God and Mammon, which no. Mammon represents wealth. Yeah. And so. Um, so you can't serve wealth and serve the Lord. Yep. Well, they associate Cain and these spirits and stuff with the development of currency and trade and stuff. And it was a way of power, of maintaining Controlling power. authority, yeah. So let that, let that sink in for a second. Yeah, and I think that's exactly just so, like what I just said. Like they wanted dominion. They wanted to rule over those that they could rule over. I would say yep. the weak yeah. um, and destroy the rest. So you could see how maybe they would learn metalworking eventually. Um, now, first of all, metalworking is complicated because you have to very, you have to mine the material. Very complicated. You have to know how to melt it down. How would you, you even know how, know, how would you even start to know what yep. what 
minerals and what yeah. ore and stuff is in which rock. Exactly. And then you got to heat it up to a certain degree, then you have to melt it down, then you have to cast. Like, I mean, that's and not just like... Then there's certain minerals or certain things like bronze. Bronze is um, copper and, and tin, right? Mm-hmm. And so now you've got, now we have to mine two different things and know how to put them together. Put them together. Yeah. yeah. So you're thinking, I mean, when you really think about it, this is chemistry. Yeah. This is like molecules, chemicals, stuff that they didn't, I don't think they would have known about, the, but the yeah, watchers the question did. Is, they knew how it was made. Exactly. Exactly. The working of metal, of course, is called metallurgy, right? Of heavy metal. Yeah. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. They introduced to them <laughs> Slayer and Metallica and... Uh, but not striper <laughs> no not striper to hell with the devil uh they didn't like that one yeah so uh but one of the other things that it mentions so remember we talked about azazel mm-hmm. so azazel in chapter eight it names different chiefs and the things that they teach they teached the yeah. things that they taught humans and azazel it says uh well, let's see <laughs> funny if it. one was like and yeah. he taught knitting <laughs> well, it's it's funny because it what Azazel teaches is uh, it's the first part of chapter eight. It says taught men to make swords, knives, shields, breastplates, fabrication of mirrors. Ooh. So you're like, okay, I see how mirror because that would be silver, right? It's like I see how mirrors might be similar to like met, like knives and shields and stuff. But then it says he taught the workmanship of bracelets ornaments use of paint beautifying the eyebrows mm. like he's talking about makeup yeah and so people are like well how is that how do you make the connection between makeup and uh beautifying the eyebrows with swords and stuff <laughs> so there's a couple ways to get there yeah, do you, I, I don't know let's see oh, okay i thought you had a, i thought you had some, war, oh, war paint <laughs> yeah war paint dude maybe that's okay so there's four ways there's four ways no the the ones that the ones that i've read um, the first idea is that it's a way of uh, securing power. You can secure power by force or by politics, right? Right. And in this case, it's not politics in the way we think of it. This is a, this would be seduction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like f- gaining power by tricking people or mm-hmm. by seducing people. Beguilement. So be- jewelry. Kind of uh, like a certain serpent that we know from yeah. Genesis three. Yeah. He was a good-looking uh, seraphim. Good-looking dude. He had jewels. Well, according to Alberino, he was about six foot tall, white male with uh, blonde hair, blue eyes. Yeah. And we can get into all that later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Y'all put a pin in that. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, like beautifying the eyebrows. So here's the thing is that uh, the the direct connection is that term again, metallurgy. You don't think of makeup as metal, but they're using minerals from the earth to produce dyes, dye, colors. Powders and all that stuff. Powders, yeah. So it's still working metal, quote unquote, right? True, true. So that's that's one connection, and then and then again the second connection is that idea of power. Like I can get power by force or I can get power by seduction, and so one is it's basically one is brawn and one is beauty, mm-hmm. right? That that's the thing Azazel well, is teaching. Well, think about the power of the woman, and the beauty and the the like. Women know the power they have. Some women really know yeah. and use the power yeah. they have of their beauty. Yeah, that's such a their seduction, like a, their, a trope, like a, a stereotype. It is, and I think yeah. it comes from that. It's it's like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's interesting about the way that this is laid out because chapter eight of the book of Enoch it says, you know, Azazel taught them this, and then it says, Amazarek taught them this, Armors taught them this, Bar- Barakel, and it goes on. It names them all. But Azazel is the first one it mentions, and mm-hmm. it doesn't go directly to the next guy. It pauses to say, 
impiety increased fornication multiply and they transgressed and corrupted all their ways mm. so it's talking about humans now so like there's something about what azazel taught them about how to gain power and how to work metal and stuff His was that really bad affected humanity yeah, they it, they corrupted themselves yeah. with the teachings of azazel right um, and the other things that they're taught are bad. So I'm not going to try to name. These are all some crazy names. But and we're not saying that wearing makeup is evil or anything yeah, yeah, like that yeah. or having a gun or a knife or something is evil. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Again, the idea here is that they are trying to destroy humans. Right. Their motive was destruction. Yeah. And, power and then and humans authority. are trying to go about unnatural ways of gaining power. Right. right. So they are destroying themselves. As Azazel's teaching them about how to how to gain power for themselves and how to work metal. Those are the two links between those ideas. Yep. Because again, beautifying the eyebrow, the beautifying of the eyebrows, and uh, it says the use of stones and of every valuable and select kind, all sorts Ooh. of dyes. So he, they're talking about using minerals. It's still a type of like it's from the earth, right? Mm-hmm. That's why Do you it's think connected. that ties into like maybe the new age view of like crystals and certain stones it could, and gems? But that actually that goes in with sorcery and yeah, stuff later. Yeah. So that's what I was gonna say. That it, when we get past Azazel, the other guys, the other chiefs, what they're teaching people, it says that the next guy. I'm not gonna name them all because they're crazy. But mm-hmm. so it says that the next guy taught all the sorcerers and the dividers of roots. So that's sorcery and alchemy. Yeah. Right? Yep. Um, using potions. That's where you get that, witchcraft. like, so all the nerdy RPG gamers out there that when you choose your character as a mage, yeah. that's, that's where or it comes alchemist. from right there. It comes from Nephilim knowledge. But, uh, yeah, dividing of roots, it's not talking about gardening, like, no. like pruning or whatever. No. It's talking about making... Like using those things as spells, incantations. What's the what's the root in Harry Potter that would scream like a baby? The mandrake. Yeah, the mandrake. There's some real, real, real world uh, folklore about mandrakes. Yeah, yeah. That's where that comes from. There's even a Jewish. I was trying to tell you this last time, but I I need to reread it. But there's supposedly like this Jewish uh, folklorish legend that Solomon like had this special ring it came like it encapsulated a piece of this root that this root was known to like control evil spirits and it just weird stuff. But I, I read that and I was like, Oh, the root, that's kind of interesting. Cause yeah. I remember what Enoch said about roots and stuff. It says that the next guy taught the solution of sorcery. So I guess that's potions. That mm. would be, I don't know. Solution. The next guy taught the observers of the stars, so that is astrology. So this is all, this all to me sounds like it's encapsulating the occult. Yeah. Like the knowledge of like the the world and the universe. If you read this at face value, it's almost like observing the stars doesn't sound bad. Right. But it's like, that's not what they're talking about. Right. They're not talking about like you know connecting the like yeah. like oh, how look, we there's learn- orion's belt yeah yeah, yeah. Like, or yeah. like they're not learning that oh this is hydrogen burning and uh, yeah, you know yeah. iron and, you know they're not right. learning that like they don't have the modern scientific right idea so when it says observing the stars they're talking about divine like divination divination and stuff, yeah and yeah. astrology right divination being a form of spirit like contacting spirits and right. and stuff well the stars so, were spirits in, yeah. in that time yep um so then observers of the stars, the next guy, it says they taught signs. So I think that'd be similar. The next guy taught astronomy. So that's similar, yeah. right? So these are all kind of looped together. The next guy, the, the motion of the moon. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this so is all solar. It's all, yeah. Space. Yeah. And this then is when and NASA remember, was born. 
And you, huh? <laughs> the first NASA. NASA. Yeah. <laughs> NASA, the word for deceive. Ooh. And their logo is a snake tongue. Oh. I'm just saying. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, we live in a dome. <laughs> the, 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 the sky is not real. It's an LED wall. <laughs> Welcome to the Truman Show, oh, which geez. is another great movie, by the way. Or, uh, or what was the one you mentioned? Biodome. Uh, oh, Biodome. Yeah, yeah, with Polly Shore. That's that's a good one. But yeah, the Truman Show. The Truman Show is a great, great movie. Jesus is showing us the door across the Bro, lake. <laughs> that's a great movie. Yeah, man. Then it says... Then the uh, next watcher taught knitting and sewing. Yeah. <laughs> now, then, then chapter 8 ends by saying, and men being destroyed. So now they here are the consequences of their actions, right? And men being destroyed cried out and their voice reached to heaven. Mm. And the next chapter, chapter 9, is Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, Suriel, Uriel. So these are like the archangels, right? The good you, guys. Yeah. These are basically watchers that did not right. defect. Good good guy watchers. So they yeah. are still in the service of, of Yahweh. Gabriel, Michael. So men men are being destroyed now. They've 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 made this deal with the watchers. It's not going well for them. And they're crying out. And Michael, Gabriel, like these these other angels, now they're they go to the Lord and they say, uh, hey, you you hear what's going on down there, you know. They say this to God, like, uh, uh, just, thou, has, thou has seen what Azazel has done uh, and how he, how he taught every species of iniquity upon the earth and um, disclosed to the world all the secret things which are done in the heavens. And Samyaza has taught sorcery to whom those hast given authority over him. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Whom thou hast given authority over right. those who are associated with him. Uh, they have gone together to the daughters of men and lain with them and become polluted mm. and have discovered crimes. Um, and then it, so they so Michael and the angels are go, they're saying like, Hey God, you, you see what's going on down there. You know, all this stuff is going on. Well, it seems like this, like Job one type scenario, yeah, they're yeah. reporting back, Hey, yep. here's what's going on on the earth. Yep. And it says, uh, they're groaning a sin. So he's talking, they're talking about humans. Now they yeah. can't escape from the unrighteousness, which is committed on the earth. Um, and so what should we do about it? That's what they ask God. These are the angels are hearing what's, what's these our, archangels are hearing yeah. the men cry out. What's our says, marching orders? So chapter 10, the most high, the great holy one says, send like this crazy name. That's literally how it's spelled. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That guy. It says send, send so-and-so to the son of Lamech. That would be Noah, mm-hmm. the son of Lamech. Uh, saying so and so is a is a is a divine being. <laughs> that's here. what I'm calling him from now yeah. on. That's his official title. So, so the the son of so and so. So and so, he says, send this angel to the son of Lamech. So that would be Noah. Send him to Noah, and say, conceal thyself. And he basically says, all the earth is going to perish in a deluge, mm-hmm. and uh, you and your family is gonna gonna make it. So that's yeah. again Genesis six. It says Noah was righteous, and the right. Lord told Noah. Right. Uh, so it all it all culminates back to the biblical story. Yeah, uh, you know it's, yep. it's it's like a big side footnote of Genesis six. Yeah, and so he's saying that all things are going to be destroyed in the flood. He's talking about humans and animals and all that, but then there are separate judgments on the spirit beings. Mm. And so it says, uh, it says, say to Raphael, one of the other angels, bind Azazel hand and foot, cast him into darkness. 
Oh, and here you go. It says an opening in the desert, mm. um, which is Dudale. And um, later on, it explains that that is west of Mount Hermon. Mm. And so that's the, uh, remember, we talked about in the goat, the scapegoat yeah, yeah, yeah. being sent out into the wilderness to Azazel. To Azazel. They're thinking of a physical place. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, they, there's a place, apparently, a pit in the desert where Azazel is trapped. All right. And so all you people that like to go <laughs> yeah, out into the desert exploring, see if you can yeah. find that pit. Um, so he tells the angel, throw upon him, hurled and pointed stones, covering him with darkness, and there he shall remain forever. Do you and think in the Ryan, great day of judgment, he'll be cast into the fire. So do you think, you okay, so we we're talking about one of our friends, but he was talking about the idea of like the spirit realm and the physical realm being in the same space, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we believe that as Christians, like the whole, uh, you know, like when Frodo puts the ring on, he's still in the physical world, but he can see into the spirit realm, yeah. you know, and the, the spirit Kings and all yeah. this stuff can see him and, uh, so it's that idea of the upside down in well, Stranger I, Things. I kind of think of, well, you're a graphic designer. Right. So like, you know, the concept of like an onion skin. Layers. Right. Yeah. 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 Like if, if I have this picture and I need to trace it, you put a thin, thin layer on top of mm-hmm. it and you can, you can affect one layer without affecting right. the other, you know? So do you think maybe that's what it's getting at? That's what I think. Of, yeah. When it says, you know, yeah. oh, this desert is on the this side of the Mount Hermon where he was cast. And yeah, maybe it is in that geographic location, but it's in a spiritual like dimension. Like in a different dimension. Right. A parallel yeah. dimension. It's in yeah. the upside down. The upside down. Come on. Hey, man. Yeah, I like that idea. I like that. Um, now, it's interesting that he's in this location, but then it says... Uh, it, then it, there's a judgment on like the I Nephilim. I don't know who the demon of like Louisiana is. <laughs> He's got to be hot. <laughs> oh no, somehow. dude, there, no, because <laughs> uh, demon. you know Louisiana, America's not in the seventy nations in oh, the table of nations. Uh, well, yeah, so yeah, okay. there's there's yeah. totally different. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a whole. That's a fun thing to speculate. Is like principalities, principalities uh, and territorial yeah. entities. How do you explain cults outside of the like Near East mm. out of the known world from when the Bible was written. Yeah. Because there are things that exist like in South America that oh, predate. Very much. Ooh, man. Uh, yeah, they were yeah. all into some crazy yeah. uh, cultic worship. And they're pyramids. Yeah, like they are. go figure. And there's, there's temples mounds, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Mounds, mounds in America. Yep. Yeah. Go, go look that up. Some of that burial is, mounds. I'll just say it this way: some of that stuff is older than it should be. So, like, Dude, how the do you serpent mound it? and where is it? Ohio or something? Yeah. The serpent mound. They still don't know what it what it's for, but it's a giant freaking snake. Yeah. Oh man. And you can't you can only see it from space. The, the question is like how would the they sky, have known yeah. how would they have been able to do that ge- like right. geometrically? Yeah. How, did, how did they do that if they weren't giants, maybe? Maybe so. But you know, like in South America they maybe have they were those, like earthbenders. They have know? those etchings like in the side of mountains that are like yeah. huge. Like you wouldn't be able to see it unless you were way up in the freaking yeah, sky, man. you know? Like how did they Crazy. What? Um, So Azazel, I think it's interesting that in chapter eight of Enoch, it says that Azazel taught them about the swords and the makeup and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then it says that iniquity spread, right? Yep. Um, And Azazel here gets treated separately from all the other watchers. Mm. So there's something, there was something about what he did particularly that corrupted, that corrupted humans. What he did. yeah. Yeah. He gives instructions to Gabriel. The Lord says, go to 
the children of fornication, uh, the watch, the offspring of the watchers, which is the um, Nephilim. Yeah. yeah. And says, let them perish by mutual slaughter for the mm. length of days will not be theirs. So now again, other. this is the idea again of war of nations against nations. And so he basically says what they have created for themselves. I'm going to let that play out and they're going to destroy themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And, uh, and so basically, yeah, there's like did, this period uh, of chaos. There's this period of chaos on earth, apparently where these giant kings are going to war against Warring each other and killing each other. Yeah, well, each other. yeah, I mean, we still see that today. Kind of like a, it's almost like a Highlander situation. There can be only one, <laughs> yeah, you know? <laughs> so the Watchers are basically, going to just, or not the Watchers, the Nephilim are basically going to destroy each other. And it says that Michael was supposed to announce to Sam Yaza and the others. They were, they had to watch. They had to watch <laughs> this had to all watch. play out. Yeah, exactly. They said that, um, it says, and when you're all, all your sons, this is later in chapter 10, all of your sons shall be slain when they, when they shall see the perdition of their beloved, bind them for 70 generations underneath the earth. So there's that number 70 again. Mm. So he's, he, Michael is basically going to like send all the giants against each other, all the Nephilim and all these corrupt nations against each other. They're going to destroy each other. And, and God tells Michael, um, after the watchers watch their sons kill each other, so this, throw this, them in Tartarus. This is where I think Clash of the Titans Oh, yeah. really comes from. Yeah. They start to go to war with each other, all the Nephilim giants. Yeah. So there's a lot of other stuff going on in this chapter, but um, section, the next section of, of Enoch, I think chapter 12, is where Enoch, it says that before all these things, Enoch was concealed, nor did any of the sons of men know where he was concealed, where he had been, and what had happened. He had been taken. So remember, he was taken. Yeah, and it yep. says that it says that he was he was not for God took him. So God people don't know him. what happened to Enoch. Right. Here's how the Jews explain that. The next verse says he was wholly engaged with the holy ones and with the watchers in his days. Mm-hmm. So just like you have, you basically have. You can think of it this way. We don't think of Noah as a prophet, you know. Yeah. But you have Lamech and Noah now. Uh, Noah's dad and Noah. <laughs> who know that the flood is coming. Yep. Or maybe Lamech didn't know, but you definitely have Noah. Yeah. Noah knows that the flood is coming. He's building a boat mm-hmm. and he's he's probably declaring, you know, judgment upon, you know, the the Yeah, the he was told to preach stuff, what 120 right? years or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So you have all that going on. Now you have Enoch going to the watchers. Yeah. And so the, the good, reason the Enoch doesn't die, the reason he disappears is because he is basically taken to the upside down. Right. Right. You know, and so, um, so yeah, so that's how the Jews explain where Enoch went. He wasn't. So he didn't really, he didn't die. He was transported to another realm. Another place. Yeah. And so um, this is where you get the story. We mentioned it last time, but the next couple chapters cover the story of Enoch. Uh, it says that the watchers called him Enoch the scribe, and it's because they complained and he wrote down. He wrote their the, complaints. Yeah. And took it to God. So the story goes like this, <laughs> which is a bold move, right? It's kind of funny. Like, like I think of like a, like a complaint box in like yeah. an office setting, you know? Well, I don't know, and I don't know if complaint's the right word. Maybe a petition. Well, yeah, it was their their so, repentance letter. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, we're really sorry. But the Lord. So again, and you also see again another distinction between Azazel and the other watchers. So again, there's something something different about that one about what he did. Um, but it says that he needed to Enoch, the Lord tells Enoch to, um, go tell the watchers who have deserted the sky, uh, and their everlasting holy station that have, that have been polluted with women. Um, 
Now that that is a biblical yeah scripture there. Where who was it? Was it Jude that said the the angels left their their yes. rightful place? Yes. You know, and exactly. came down like that's same an idea to the thing there. Whoever yeah. wrote Enoch is thinking the same thing. Right, right, right. Yeah. So he says um, he says tell them that on the earth they shall never obtain peace or remission of sin. So they they'll never be forgiven. Uh, they shall not rejoice in their offspring. They shall behold the slaughter of their, their beloved. The, mm. That's talking about the Nephilim. And they shall lament the destruction of their sons and shall petition forever, but shall never obtain mercy or peace. Okay, so that's pretty that's pretty. All right, so they're, they're, they're caught. Se- severe. They're bound. Yeah. yeah. They're put into prison, basically, yeah. in the underworld. So that's the Lord telling Enoch. And right. so how it plays out, Enoch, it says, then Enoch passing on. So I don't know if that means passing on the message or maybe passing on to the, the, the other world, you mm-hmm. know, maybe, I don't know. The heavenly realm. But it says, uh, he says to Azazel, it, it names Azazel by himself. So yeah. again, there's the distinction here, you know. And the only reason I keep bringing this up, because again, everybody might be like, we're spending so much time reading this thing that's not even in the Bible. It's the reason okay. I bring this up is because we already talked about Azazel has significance in the Bible. Oh, He's yeah, named he yeah. a couple times. Mm-hmm. So there's this belief in Judaism, apparently in Jewish mm-hmm. traditions, that he was worse somehow yeah. than these other guys. He was he, kind of the ringleader. Yeah, he, almost. he did something. Um, he did something worse than the other ones, apparently. So Enoch goes to Azazel and says, Thou shalt not obtain peace. A great sentence has gone forth against thee, and you shall be bound and not have relief or mercy or supplication. Uh, you know, So he says all these things on every account of blasphemy, tyranny, and sin, which you have discovered to the children of men. You know, mm-hmm. You're going to be tormented or, or judged. And then it says, Departing from him, Azazel, Enoch leaves Azazel, and goes to the group of other watchers. Mm. So, so again, Azazel is in the wilderness in a hole. <laughs> mm. And then the other watchers are over here somewhere. So he's and in it, a pit and they're in prison. Yeah. And so it says, departing from him, I spoke to them all together, and they became terrified and trembled, and beseeching me to write for them supplication. So they're like, please tell God we're tell sorry. Tell God we didn't, we're, we've seen... Yep. What we've done, we're sorry. Uh, so Enoch writes down what they, writes down their petition. He falls asleep and has a vision. And then he wakes up and goes and tells them like, yeah, God told me there's no, no hope for you, Access basically. denied. Yeah, exactly. And so that's kind of the meat like of, of Enoch. Now there's some other interesting things in there. It really just kind of keeps rehashing that story over and over again. The book of Enoch has all this really pretty interesting stuff. I mean, this is like Lord of the Rings level kind of stuff, it is, man. man. So and it's and the the difference in this and Lord of the Rings is like it's kind of real. Yeah. You know? I mean, you can say, well, this isn't in the Bible, so how how can we accept this as any kind of fact? And it's like, well, the traditions we inherit as Christians, like when we're reading the writings of right. Paul and Judea Peter and, and these guys, and this is what they believed. Right, exactly. That, and so, and again, it's interesting, the distinction between Azazel and, and the Watchers, like, why is, why is Azazel in the wilderness? What about the book of Revelation when it talks about the locust coming from the pit and then the right. beast rising from the sea? And the well, only maybe thing that's is, Azazel and, and the Watchers. True, you know, yeah. So. I mean, it's, it's just the backstory of the Bible. That's all it is. Yeah. It's just more context. Yeah. It's... Yeah, we have the Bible, and that's the Word of God. That's what we lean on. That's what we put all our chips in. But here's the backstory, you know, at least on this one topic for sure. Uh, and it just, I th- to me, it validates more. It gives me more faith yeah. in my belief in the Bible. Yeah. And it's more 
concrete, you know? Um, it just builds my faith. It doesn't uh, do anything else. Yeah, dude, it it's fascinating. And like you said, it, it gives so much context to where like, now it, when I read something weird, like the sons of God uh, having babies with human women right. in Genesis 6, every time I've heard the, t- the flood taught, that part gets skipped. It says, sure. they say men were yeah. wicked, so yeah, God yeah, flooded yeah. the earth. Right. But like nobody stops to explain that because it's weird. Right. And, right. Um, and it gives more context. It helps you understand the story more. Yeah. Um, Heiser tells a story about a time he visited a church and they were doing a study on Peter, like on first and second Peter. And when he got to second Peter two about the gloomy he chains of darkness, it, yeah. he's like, I'm going to skip this part because I don't understand it. Mm. And Heiser's like, this is why I do what I do. Right. You know, you're like, right. I, right. Cause you're, you're not going to study this stuff unless you're in a school or right. something. You're not going to hear the book of Enoch talked about on Sunday, but it's really, if anything else, even if you think it's fiction, it's, it's interesting. It's entertaining. Right. But as a Christian, like it gives us some historical context. Right. Like, I was this just going to say it's, it's valuable just for the historical nature yeah. of it. Yeah. And, and giving people options. Like here's what we believe as a church or as an organization or whatever it might be. Here's the other option. This was also taught. It's good to have both sides of yeah. a story, you know, then you can make, you can rationalize and make your own decision on what you're going to go with. But yeah. like, so, I'll, I'll, I'll challenge Right now, all the pastors or teachers or leaders, like, give your people options. Like, don't just preach what you think. Like, like, give them the whole story and let them decide, you know, yeah. on what is, you know, going to be their view. Because um, yeah. if you're just preaching your point, like, like, what's, like, what are you doing? Well, and I think it's good. Uh, so, like. Yeah, to preach kind your, of add preach on to what you're saying. Sure. Yeah, yeah, to kind like, of add on to what you're saying. Like, this is kind of like next level stuff. This is, is not basics. It is. So, you know, there's one thing like on a Sunday morning, uh, you know, you're going to preach the gospel or preach some encouraging word or whatever. But like I, what I wish is that I saw more churches that had some kind of structure for for mature, seasoned believers that because like, a, you know, the whole reason I, I'm into this stuff is because in college, uh, I would have people ask me questions like this, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'll say, I'll say it this way: There's all the like cop out kind of pat answers, like to get out of these questions, sure, get yeah. out of these questions. And it's like, uh, I would tell people straight up, like, I don't know the answer to that, but I can figure it out. Yeah, like I, I wasn't afraid of weird, weird questions. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, well, we shouldn't be. Um, uh, so uh, you know, I love this kind of stuff because I, I feel like now I can tell people, um, well, hey, if you believe the Sethite view, for instance, then then, hey, you know, that's all good. Like, the gospel is for you. Yeah. If you're not satisfied with the Seth I view, well, good. The gospel's for you. Right. And, I it, like, I feel like I could explain to a sure. broader broader range of people. Right. You know. And I think what I was trying to say was, like, go there. Like, yeah. don't skip stuff because you think it'll be weird. Yeah. Or because you might not understand it. Go figure it out. Yeah, don't handicap. Figure out what it is. <laughs> don't handicap Like, people. there's a reason it's in the Bible. Because God yeah. wants us to know about it. Yeah. And so if we keep skipping that stuff, it's not going to help us learn or grow or move forward or get a more like cohesive understanding about the Bible and its nature and its culture and the history. And like we've got to we got to face these things head on and, and, and really tackle them. Yeah. And people are ready for it, man. I'm telling you, like and I speak from from my own like my own dissatisfaction with uh, with things. But like people are tired of like the Sunday morning 
well, let's you know, talk or about like the, whatever the Sunday it is, school you know? answers. Yeah, the you know? Sunday school, you know, David yeah. and Goliath and the Noah's Ark and all right, let's let's have our potluck and go home. Yeah. Like people are ready for truth. Yeah, think and about knowledge how, and wisdom. Think about how technology, just access to information. Right. And access to opinions and the ability to contribute to conversations. Like right. technology has changed the game in all this. And we were talking about it earlier, um, before we start recording that like kids these days like think about some of the video games and books and movies and bro like you know even there's things like star wars like oh everybody loves star wars but then there's minecraft good god i had no idea this one kid he comes to my desk at work sweet kid but he knows everything yeah about minecraft and i don't know much about minecraft but he knows every character he knows their origins he knows what planet they came from he knows why they're in minecraft and what they do in minecraft and it's like yeah like kid, a kid, like 10, 11 years old, like they have the capacity to understand very yeah. deep, expansive information. Yeah. And with, <laughs> with technology and media where it is today, if Christians don't take the initiative to provide this information to people, they're, they're going to get find it somewhere something. else. Yeah. yeah. They're going to they're find it somewhere. And what they find could be, could be hurtful. More than know? likely the wrong information. Harmful. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, so I'm don't just saying, shy away from those things with your kids, with your student ministries, your man, go there. Yeah. Or adult ministries. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, that's there are people that I mean, I'm I'm in my 30s and I'm there's things that like I'm, I'm going to church be, my whole life and I'm I've never heard 40 this. 40 years old in two days. Oh, my gosh, Josh. I might have to replace you on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Need to appeal to a younger demographic, I'm Josh. Gonna go, I'm going to the upside down <laughs> soon, brother. Oh, Lord. No, no. Well, she old. I'm going to see all <laughs> this Enoch stuff old. firsthand. Oh, gosh. No, Josh ain't going anywhere. Uh, um, but seriously, though, yeah, like, like I've been in church my whole life. And like I said, the flood story, I've never heard anybody break down the flood and story like that. we're just now getting into this stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's sad. Yeah. So... And that doesn't mean nobody does it anywhere. Right. But uh, but I wish that more people weren't afraid to tackle some of these weird topics. Yeah. Because like I said, I, I, I think that I've heard of so many people, you know, well, I, I can't I can't be a Christian because uh, there's not room for for alien life. And like, I think there might be life on other planets. Well, good for you. Evolution, dude, like mm, yeah. like I, I have a lot more grace for evolution now than I oh, used yeah, to. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to not going to lie about that. There are, there are Christians that believe in evolution, and I can yeah. I've heard those arguments. Yeah. And again, it's just being able to like if I'm if I'm sharing the gospel with somebody, I feel like I can talk to a broader range of people now because yeah. I can tell somebody, hey man, uh, you're you're avoiding or rejecting Christianity based on evolution. You don't have to. Right. Like yeah. let me give you something you might not have heard before. Right. And let God work on the evolution thing. Right. If right. evolution may or may not be true. But uh, if I can get somebody to hear the gospel, the Holy Spirit right. will lead them right. into truth, right? Right. right. And so that, th- I think that's the thing. And uh, I think, yeah, we have to remember that as human beings, we don't have all the information. We're yeah. not going to have all of the truth. That's what they all were of trying our, to do. All of our doctrine is not going to be correct. You know, every denomination, every mindset has faults in it and has, you know, they cheat. And so, you know. Yeah. Nobody has the full the full story, but God, and, and yeah. that's the one we got to look to. And so I, I think that's another answer to if you if you've listened to this, you know, our last couple episodes and listened to this one, and you think like I can't believe Christians would take this much time to go through something that's not biblical. 
like not in the Bible. Right. Well, the the reason is because people are looking for this information, and and right. we we kind of feel a responsibility right. as Christians to to give some some insight on right. it, because you may someone yeah you know, is, hey it's it's just like. This came up a couple of weeks ago. The idea of like living in the bubble and and you know getting exposed to like alcohol or drugs mm. or or sexual content or whatever. Yeah. You know later if you're not taught how to process how certain to things, it. yeah, or how you're, to, yeah. you're going to spiral out. Right, you know. Right. And so people are looking for information on oh you know aliens. I had this weird dream. I, I got abducted. I Bro, you know yeah. or. or um, that's kind of extreme, but like just people who who like physics it's, and well, science. Well, it's extreme, and stuff but it's, say, it happens every it day happen. when and, you have people, people that are who, like coming to their pastor and saying, "Hey, man, like I had this experience where I went on a, you know, yeah, I went away and I was taken away by an entity or something." Yeah, and it could be as extreme as that. It could be as simple as like battling depression. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, you you got to be able to handle a range of topics because there's right. there's right. a number of things that like. Uh, if you don't understand the Bible, people don't go to the Bible for answers on these things. You know, like how do you how do you defeat depression? Well, here's what the Bible says about it. Like, mm-hmm. let me you know, let me be prepared to teach you. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but be prepared for the weird things because that's becoming more and more prevalent now. Mm. You know, with some of the stuff NASA's doing and well, the government, sadly, they just I had a hearing like, on uh, handling sadly, UAPs. Think, and, yeah, true. You know, uh, sadly, I think. Uh, people shy away from going to their churches and pastors with some of the weird stuff because they think, oh, well, they don't believe in that or they're not going to, you know, it's weird. Or, I think that's the first place we should go. Yeah. We should be going to our churches and communities and you know, a faith and, and bringing those things up. But then, you know, we get in there and they're like, oh, well, that's, that's not real. Or yeah, that was a demon or, you yeah, know, or just, <laughs> or just always thinking of things exclusive, like as exclusive, like, again, I, I like one of the red flags that goes up when I hear people discuss anything, anything mm-hmm. is always um, be aware of false dichotomies. To me, that's like the most popular logical fallacy. Mm. If uh, you know, it's, it has to be either a or B and there's no middle ground. Yeah. And these are totally distinct ideas. Only Sith you know? deal in absolutes. <laughs> <laughs> which is an absolute, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, it is uh, absolutely true that they yeah, do it. Like absolutes. I said, it, you know, I keep using evolution and aliens and stuff as an example, but like, because I don't want people to shut the, shut the door on the gospel for any excuse, right? you know? And so, um, so I can entertain the idea of evolution for, for 10 minutes to have, have that conversation sure. with somebody, yeah. you know? Um, well, that's not a gospel salvation issue. That's not yeah. going to keep you from the kingdom. Yeah. You're not going to get to heaven and God's going to be like, oh, you believed evolution. Sorry. Yeah. And we need to discuss that in depth. That has because some people make that a salvation <laughs> issue. Right. Some and people sad. do. Um, because they, they think, well, you know, well, the, the, you know, like we talk about like the birthright of man. Well, if you believe man wasn't created directly by God, if Adam wasn't the first man or whatever, right, right. then Jesus, that means that Jesus can't be A, B, C, D, you know? Right. And it's so, like, I see where y'all are coming from for some of that, but like, that's not. I don't know. I don't think that's the appropriate well, way to handle it. Here's evolution. the thing. And I think, I think, uh, of course, Dr. <clears throat> Heiser has a, a, a sermon. It's more of a preaching style sermon that he did on grace. And yeah. he's like, grace and salvation is not merited. Salvation is not knowing correct doctrine. Yeah. Or all the correct doctrines. He's like, it's knowing and putting your faith in Jesus. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he talked about, uh, man, who is the guy that he came and got the dirt 
and took it back oh, home. Oh, you're talking about Naaman. Naaman, yeah, uh, there you go. Yeah, he was the he was like the captain. Yeah, the and he's like, I'm going back to serve this pagan king. You know, I'm going to take the dirt with me because yeah. that was considered holy ground, you know. And, yeah. Uh, like, he didn't know anything about Yahweh, and he didn't know all the doctrines and all the stuff, but he was saved because he put his faith in it's true, man. Yahweh alone. Yeah. He, didn't, he, he had that one He had one no act. idea of all the other, yeah, it's... it's he didn't know how to serve Yahweh. It was just, yeah, he it wasn't was just, even a Jew. Like he right. couldn't participate in festivals and stuff. It was just a simple idea of giving yourself and your allegiance to Yahweh. Yeah, I always think about um, yeah Matthew chapter six. Mm-hmm. So just kind of on that idea of like grace and and truth and stuff. You know, we believe that. You know, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would lead us, lead us into all truth. That's in the book of John. Yeah. Um, and so my, I feel like we have the ultimate cop out Matthew chapter six, where it talks about don't worry about what to wear and what to eat. Um, it says that Gentiles or pagans worry about these things, but instead you, your priority, you should seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. And then it says all these things will be given to you. And then of course, again, we know, uh, the Holy Spirit leads us into truth. So like, again, those hard questions, like if we make the kingdom of God and the the gospel, our focus Mm -hmm. and righteousness, our focus, um, I feel like if evolution or aliens or giants and fairies or like blank. whatever yeah. you know yeah depression like whatever whatever your is in your blank there if that's your hang up mm-hmm. uh, that's preventing you from accepting the gospel i i would say you need to you need to reverse your order that, mm-hmm. of operations here mm-hmm. choose faith first mm. because we're promised answers um you know and, and we're not always promised um well, not just to answers, know everything, because an answer could be something that's false. Yeah, but, but we're we're promised truth. Truth, exactly. Yeah. So I, I really, I really genuinely believe that there's things that I've prayed about because I've said, you know, hey, I'm I feel like I'm doing these things. I'm seeking the kingdom. I'm seeking yep. God's righteousness. Yep. And it says all these things will be added to you. And James, even the book of James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask our generous ask God. Lord. Yeah. So I, I feel like you have to you have to choose faith first. Yeah. And. Um, and, and try it, like give it a shot, put your faith in God, try participating in our, in our holy, you know, rituals, like going to church. <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah, think of yeah. that as a ritual, but right. like being part of the body of Christ, like yep. do things that show, okay, I'm trying, I'm putting my faith in God and all these things will be given to you. That's mm-hmm. what Matthew chapter six says. Yep. So, and that goes from everything from financial provision to, to, like I said, I needed answers. I had quit, like one of my favorite examples is somebody in college asked me about Adam and Eve. Why was Adam allowed to sin? Which is one of the reasons why we spent so much time in Genesis yeah. on that, because I've thought a lot about that. But that was a hang-up for them. Yeah. Why did God allow all this to happen? You know? yeah. And so I was like, bro, I, I don't have the answer for you, mm-hmm. but I will find one. Yeah. And I prayed about it, and several days later, God was like, I bet you've never thought of it this way. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. And, and that, was what I, that was what we needed in that moment. You know? yep. And so... I'm just saying, like, whatever your hang-up is, the Bible says all these things will be added to you. Yeah. But you have to choose faith first. Yeah. You know? Yep. So. That's a great word to unbelievers, for sure. Hallelujah. Uh, And to believers, don't make it, don't make the the bar so high that nobody can enter into the kingdom, you know? Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Like, lower the bar. (laughs) Like, the bar is Jesus. That's all they need. They need Jesus. Yeah, Uh, man. They don't need to believe this, that, or the other, or whatever you were raised in, and... Like, just give him Jesus. Yeah. And then yep. all that other stuff will come. Jesus, he, I mean, there's answers for everything, man. So Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yep. I mean, Hallelujah. We've, we've talked about extraterrestrials 
Yes, the we have. The last couple episodes. ETs. Watchers. The Lord They are God. not from Earth. They are not extra. They are extraterrestrial. Yeah, they are. Super extra. And uh, <laughs> I told somebody the other day, we were having this conversation, and they were like, well, you know, why do we get that idea of, uh, of aliens like living on other planets and stuff? I said, because Hollywood, because they're indoctrinating you well, yeah, with Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. So now the tinfoil hat's coming back on. NASA Hollywood and, is, and NASA and stuff, it's an indoctrination uh, program. Yeah. So you watch the movie E.T., you watch Star Wars, you think, oh, there's aliens living on other planets. But really, maybe there aren't aliens living on other planets. Maybe it's spirits, you know, spirits mm-hmm. that are affecting humans. Uh, you if know, you don't, If you don't think there's an agenda in Hollywood and entertainment and sports and TV and, dude, there's an yeah. agenda there, dude, and it's not a godly one. Yeah, and I, I say that because, like, that's going to, people are going to be like, man, y'all got some really, y'all, y'all got really good preaching the gospel right there at the end, and then you, then you said something crazy. Then you went to conspiracies. <laughs> I want to show you guys that we can play ball. <laughs> like, we can talk weird if y'all want to talk weird, okay? There's, the Holy Spirit will give you an answer for yeah, anything. Yeah. If you came to me and said, Hollywood is an indoctrination program, I'd be like, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely Definitely. it is. You know, if you came to me and said, Hollywood is just a, a, a human market, economic, whatever, and it's for entertainment, and yeah. there's nothing more to it, I'd be like, that's fine, but yeah. do you know Jesus? Like, you know? Exactly. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's movies and fun stuff and we all can that. Play but ball. There's also, I have a tinfoil hat that I can put on. There's a lot of curtains out there with a lot of stuff behind that's right. them. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So um, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of a... A paradox, but like I said, I want to. Sometimes, when there's opposing ideas like that, I try to live in a world where both can be true. Right. You know, and I don't have to decide. I don't have to decide. And that's, that's the is, mature you know, thing to do yeah. is is to set aside what whatever you the think. Question is or, what? If. Yeah, the what ifs. Let's just get to Jesus, and then we'll figure out the yeah. what ifs later. What What are the implications if this is true? What What would that mean? Hmm. And and can is that possible? Yeah. Ryan, what if the listener shared our podcast with all of their friends and families? Dude, uh, we would have more listeners. <laughs> well, again, that's why, again, the reason we spent so much time on Enoch, because it's not in the Bible. This is a Christian podcast, yeah. and we're studying the Bible, and right. we spent a lot of time on something that's not in the Bible. Mm-hmm. The reason is because people want to know about Enoch. Yeah. So come and, here. We did it. We did Enoch, the episode talking about and it. Here Enoch it is. is in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. A lot of these things connect to the Bible. Next time somebody Googles Enoch or asks you what you think about Enoch, there you go. Hey, send them a link to our podcast. podcast for these two crazy guys. And I and I, I see so many videos and podcasts that discuss Enoch, and I've seen some good ones. I've seen some really bad ones. So I, so we, me and Josh, now we've done ours. Like this we've is got it. ours. We did the episode. And we're going to continue. Yeah. <laughs> so. We've, we've thrown our hat in the ring. And just buckle up because some of the, the, the future episodes are going to get wild. Yeah. It's going to be a wild roller coaster ride of. Uh, yeah, we fun, can go anywhere from here, really. And then when we, get to, when we finally get to Genesis 11, we can get even more weird. Bro. Uh, I feel like the whole Tower of Babel story is under, like, underrated. Oh, uh, we have people, no idea what that story is. Dude, I love <laughs> it, man. It's so cool. Oh, it's uh, just a tower. Then yeah. you know, God confused our language. God confused that our language. That's it. Nope, nope. They were building a stargate. There's a little bit more. <laughs> a little bit more to that. Yeah, spoilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, the Nephilim come back. That's another thing. The return of the Nephilim. Yeah. It's a cue Star Wars song. <laughs> dun, 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 the Nephilim dun, strike back. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> 
Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. Genesis 6 says they existed in those days and after the flood, so yeah. we have to address that. How yeah. did they come back if they were all if they all killed each other? Mm, 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 mm. This conclusion is dragged on a little bit, so. Follow us on uh, Instagram. Uh, That's right. There hasn't been a whole lot of stuff posted lately, but... I'm going to get back on that. <laughs> <laughs> we have a long list of things to post. We just haven't yeah, done it. Yeah, <laughs> we just need to do it. And, uh, yeah, the video the video postings are – I'm, I'm going to try and get some better quality so we yeah. can start doing some more video clips. But yeah. I was going to wait till we got some little better video quality. But, yeah, follow us on Instagram. Yeah, feel That's, free to uh, send us messages yeah, on Instagram. Email us, send us messages. What's our email, Josh? I don't know. <laughs> Genesis 6, 1, 2, 3. No, uh, our email is behind the curtain <laughs> PC for podcast. And uh, that is our email at Gmail. And then our uh, handle on Instagram is behind the podcast or behind the podcast. Behind the, behind the curtain. curtain PC. Yeah. There feel you go. free to send it's us t- messages. It's time to stop because I'm mumbling and tripping yeah. over all my words. Feel free to send us messages or questions or yes, whatever. New encouragements. Send us an amen. We've got a lot of encouragement lately. Like people that are kind of close to us and even some people that are kind of far away. They're like, man, we listen to your podcast. Yeah. We love it. Like we're encouraged. We shared this with our friends. And yeah, I got a message just yesterday. A guy on Facebook was like, man, I listened to your podcast. Dude, this episode. Like it just, it was awesome. I've never heard anybody talk about this stuff before. That's it really awesome. helps and strengthen my faith. And I was like, dude, that's great. That's why we're doing great. it. Great. Yeah. So even good. if, hey man, I believe even if we never like hit it big, you know, even if we're only reaching a few people, dude, if we're hitting the right people, like yep. God's going to yep. use this to, he will. to get the right people. He right. Will. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So, um, guys, thank you for listening. And, uh, we'll be back next week to talk Mount Hermon Mm-mm-mm. and cosmic geography. Yes. Spiritual geography. I will be ready for that. Um, don't go looking in any deep pits because you you never know what you're going to find. If you apparently. find yourself in a desert and you see a deep hole, yeah. run. Don't <laughs> don't go in it. Well, apparently it's covered up by sharp, pointy rocks. Oh, so, okay. Well, <laughs> so don't go near the rocks. Yeah, don't go near the rocks or holes in the desert. All right, guys. Peace. <laughs>